What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome in to More Important Issues. More Important Issues is brought to you by our sponsors, Tennessee Tap House, Hound Dogs, and Blue Water Climate Control. And here's a quick word from our good friends at Blue Water Climate Con- Control. Oh. <laughs> People always ask, where did we get the name Blue Water Climate Control? When a Navy ship casts off lines, exits the harbor, and loses sight of land, that's blue water sailing. It takes a team of people to do that tireless work, focus, and attention to detail. So much of starting a business is just like that. After it's done, you get filled with deep satisfaction for accomplishing something. And it's quickly followed by, now the real work begins. We're Blue Water Climate Control. Balls are back. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. I made up my mind, and I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another Sunday edition of More Important Issues. It is Sunday, July 18th. It is, I, I, you look at the, the outline, whatever you want to call it, I don't know, our topics for tonight. Um, it looks like we, we've officially hit the dog days of summer, but I'll tell you what, man, this has been a great week, great weekend of sports for a July weekend. Yeah, absolutely. You had a good game last night. You had uh, some fireworks um, today. I think uh, USA soccer, you're the soccer guy, but – yeah, I mean that. The, yes, I, like that. Obviously, that game's exciting. Unfortunately, it's a kind of meaningless and and sort. I mean, not meaningless. Everybody wants to win, obviously. But young guys, it's not like your real <clears throat> rostered team. Mm-hmm. It'd be like USA basketball playing on like a non-Olympic season, or well, like, had, maybe a USA basketball playing in Olympic season this year. I don't know. <laughs> we, you had Nashville FC kind of whoop the snot out of somebody. Oh, last night big too. game last night. That's actually one of my most important. Big game last night for Nashville, um, and then you also had the British Open. Or the open, excuse me, depending on what side of golf you're on there. Um, just an absolute phenomenal finish this morning. So yeah, it's like for a July weekend where you're normally trying to find something to get into or um, hoping there's a good baseball game on in the afternoon. That that just wasn't the case this weekend. A lot of good, a lot of good stuff on TV. Um, obviously not all day long like you would, you know, like maybe you know what you get in the spring and the fall. But it definitely worked. Um, it was a good weekend. What's up, Credence? Good to have you in here. Um, we are going to be talking about Tennessee announced future scheduling. Um, what year was that? 2020? 2025. Five, almost said six. So 2025, little uh, future schedule announcement. We'll talk about that. You know, you all know me. You may know my thoughts on it already. <laughs> um, we'll also talk about some of the most frustrating games. I'll, you know, some of them are very predictable. I'm impressed that some people left off like pretty much an entire season. And um, I know you'll agree with me on this because I think we – We've voiced our opinions on them a couple times, but we will get into some of those more frustrating. Um, kind of like – it's kind of like my, my <laughs> test to see if you're a real Tennessee fan. Like, did you suffer with us? 
were you yeah. there in the you know in the midst of tragedy so that's how it is cool. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll also have some QB talk. I mean, it's just – first off, it's the only thing to talk about right now. But it's the biggest question for this team because I think there's a lot of talent on the roster, but if you don't have a quarterback, it, it's all for naught. A lot of t- I should say a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. That's where I think there's a lot of talent. Yeah, I've, I think it's kind of been like, hey, uh, can somebody maybe knock off the guy who you think is going to be the quarterback? Right. But in this one, you're like – who the hell is number one, number two, number three, and number four? It's a lot of great questions. Yep. Love them all. <laughs> uh, Evan Russell did announce he'll return, so we'll, we we, we kind of touched on that last week with the baseball roster. Some questions. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this gives you more answers, um, just because it's like um, you've got. It's going to be interesting how you play that outfield next year. Who who DH and stuff like that. But you did add um, another guy at the plate that can do some damage to teams. So that's exciting. Like I, it may have raised some questions as far as defensively, but that's exciting for another guy that's going to create trouble for for other teams there. Yeah, be aware or beware. <laughs> be a, I guess you better be aware too. But yeah, beware of Evan <laughs> Russell because he's coming back for another year, and I'm sure opposing pitchers are like, damn it, <laughs> for sure. Jack Leiter's glad he glad he's not in the SEC anymore, right? Right. Yeah, he's done with that. <laughs> uh, drop your questions in them. Uh, we'll don't have as many topics, so maybe uh, we can uh, we definitely can chat about whatever you want to talk about. Maybe that guy who gets in here and wants to talk Southern Miss football again. That was random, but we'll do sure. it if we need yeah. to. We'll do it if Might we need well. to. <laughs> Slow week, so yeah, we, we can. Yeah, just hop to any questions y'all have. Just please get them in the chat. We'd love to kind of talk with you all. Um, since it is kind of a slower episode, slower time, not a lot of breaking news or news. Um, yeah, some talking topics in here that we'd love to hear your takes on and stuff like that. So, and, and we've uh, I've noticed our territory is expanding. People must like the geography aspect of it. So tell us where you're listening from. Um, it's uh, we've got we, we've gotten some new ones in here the last couple of weeks. So yeah, tell us where you're listening from. Awesome. Let's let's jump right into it. Uh, Vols heading back to Atlanta in 2025. They will open. The 2025 season, I, I, the biggest question for me about this is who's going to be the coach in 2025. I'm not saying it won't be Josh Heupel, but will it be Josh Heupel? <laughs> That's a good point. I, I think mean, it's fun doing that. <laughs> I mean, if we're going off like what the last two staffs or last four staffs, yeah, none of them made it to that fifth year, right? I guess this would technically be the fourth year. I think Butch Jones is the only one that made Butch it. Made it four. Yeah. Butch, Butch made it to four. Yeah. Butch made it to four. Dooley made it to – he made it through three. So, yeah, no one made it to that, that coveted five, fifth year. This, this would be, be the, this this would be be the fourth the, year. Yeah, he just needs yeah. to make it to the fourth. So. Yeah. Yeah, Todd Butch. I don't know how hard that is. <laughs> but uh. um, I, Well, that's another thing. I want to know how many of these neutral site games were – like, so I assume Butch put probably got the West Virginia one. Butch did get – he got Bristol. That's unfair, though. I feel like he 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 rushed that one. So, I wonder how many coaches at Tennessee who have been able to set these, you know, because Dooley in 2011 we played – that's the last time uh, – sorry, the last time was Georgia Tech in 2017. And then the previous time Tennessee's played in this kickoff game was also 2011. This could be – Josh Hyde, this so far has been the kiss of death for Tennessee coaches. Uh, Derek Dooley beat NC State in 2011 in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. And Butch Jones beat Georgia Tech in the kickoff game in yeah. 2017. So do not put on the uh, the leather head, Heupel. Even if you win, you can't put it on. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's the curse of death right there is the, the leather football helmet. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't like neutral site games. They kind of suck. I, I just think it, from a fan aspect, it kind of sucks. I think from every type of aspect, it sucks. Like, I yeah. mean, because well, you're a player. Don't you want to play in a bunch of different stadiums? And, like, sure, Atlanta, like Atlanta and Mercedes-Benz is, you know, going to be a cool stadium to go to. But when you talk about college football, wouldn't you rather play on campuses? Right. Yeah, I just think from a, um, I don't know, money standpoint, I – I don't know how much money a home game makes. I would love to know that. Um, like I would average. say a Tennessee home game's got to – you said $3 million you think was the number? Yeah, that they got to just play in this game. Yeah, I got to think it's bigger than that. And the so the argument to it is, and I think this is a dumb argument, is you lose money the week the, the year you travel. So if you, we did this with Syracuse, it would be a home and home. Mm. And the argument is you lose money that year. But if you're splitting it in half the year you do the – neutral side game, then what does it matter? Like the six, one half a dozen, the other at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't, I don't get it. And you know, they're not, they've not really been great to Tennessee, I guess. No. Um, especially those two that, you know, those two guys won that chicks yeah, that, kickoff and point. then they didn't make it the rest of the season. So, um, <laughs> yeah, a not point. a, even if you win that game, you can't really bank on it because <laughs> if history repeats itself again, it's telling you that, Josh Heupel might not make it out of 2025. Yeah, no, it's – and, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess I would be curious to hear, like, players. It would be really interesting to hear guys from, like, the 90s, early 2000s when these kickoff games didn't really exist versus what the guys who've been playing in them, you know, the last probably 10 – going on 10 years, yeah, 10, 12 years now who play in these kickoff games, like what their thoughts are. Because, I don't know, especially, like, neutral site games, like, bowl, bowl games are perfect time to do them. I don't know why they've tried to move them to the beginning. Like, I mean, they haven't, they've just added them on. It's a money grab. That's what it is. It's a money grab from outside sources, people who aren't making money from those on-campus games. Um, And and again, I just think campus is what makes college football different than NFL football. Um, You know, there's some NFL teams that kind of have that like campus feel, you know, you like you have the bars that are only popping on NFL Sunday games or areas that, you know, really are only there on those Sundays. But overall, like, college football has a different type of feel. I mean, we've talked about this. If you're going to sit here and tell me that college football has a better product on the field than NFL, you're an idiot. It's not just about that that makes it special. Um, So, like, to take games out of an element of it that makes it special, just an interesting move to me. And it's always kind of baffled me. So, just, I think, keeping on – I would love to go to Syracuse. Going to a game at the Carrier Dome, I think, would be really cool. Absolutely, yeah. Go back to that '98 season. That too. <laughs> um, I mean, who who did they? Have? They had Donovan McNabb. Who else? Dwight Freeney, I think, was on that team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's kind of cool. We haven't played Syracuse since then. There's a little history there. I'm sure in 2025 it'll be some big story that Knox News or somebody will post. But um, yeah, I think it's kind of lame to see a uh, you know, take yeah, like you said, kind of taking that college aspect out of it and. Yep. Uh, I guess you get to play a week earlier. You get to open the season a week earlier or a weekend oh, earlier. Okay, so it's your – oh, I, I didn't know they moved it up. I know it was – Tennessee played on a Friday in 2011. Gotcha. They played, I, think, I think they have been a week earlier. I think they played on a Monday in, last... in 2017. Okay, and they played so on Labor is... Day. Yeah. So it's this all. is this is going to be Saturday, August thirtieth. Um, gotcha. So I think that's that kind of weekend before everything that's really it. gets going. Should be that Labor Day weekend, yeah. Yeah, I and so. um, I don't know. I mean, 
2025, I guess it doesn't really mean anything, but I think neutral side games are kind of dumb. Everybody else would rather do a home and home. I guess you kind of take that, like not having to set everything up and clean up. And, you know, I, I understand that aspect, but Danny, why you're not having to do any of that stuff. Anyway. <laughs> well, it, I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's an exposure thing too. Yeah, you, you probably get to play on primetime, like at eight o'clock right. on Saturday night. The Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A bowl name. But, but again, I'm just like, if you want to play in the Chick-fil-A bowl, make it the Chick-fil-A bowl in the postseason. If you like, that's another thing that bothers me kind of about these neutral site games. It's like, I don't know. It's just a weird, it's a weird setup that I, I, I mean, I believe it's a money grab. And mm-hmm. I mean, Chick-fil-A, the, you know, the sponsors, the people putting the bowl, you know, that game on obviously make money in a time they wouldn't normally make money, um, you know, on those games. So yeah, I, I think it's just, in, I don't know. I would mm-hmm. love to see, I, I hope Tennessee goes to more home and homes. I know Oklahoma, you know, I don't know how that's going to work since we didn't get to travel there this past year. I'm sure they'll still be coming here. Is that 23 uh, or is that next year? Is that next year? It's, it's 2022 or 2023. I can't remember which one. Um, but, I mean, home and homes are great, and I, I think there needs to be more of them in major college football because you want to go to the you want to go to campuses. You want to go to these um, – even if they're maybe not like – famous stadiums, like older known stadiums. Like you want to go to like Syracuse fans would want to come to Neyland stadium. You can't tell me otherwise. Um, you know, I would love to see Tennessee go out and play at BYU. Like that would be fantastic. Um, like, that'd be a great that's, home what, home. that's what made the, the Oklahoma, Tennessee, like that, that was a good game. You know, both great of those game. games are pretty good games. Um, oh, and the fact whoa, whoa, whoa. That one in 13 was bad. I think I think maybe like the first quarter was like I think Tennessee played okay, but then it got away from him. It got away from him. Um, I mean, I know Justin Worley got beat to hell, so I just can't imagine it was a good game. Right. Um, <laughs> but I mean that that's like what made it. Like people talk about that game because of the crowd and everything like that. Like they don't. Well, I mean that's how in the. What is it the? What's the? It's, um, it's the Falcons, right? Oh, oh, the Mercedes Benz. Yeah, Mercedes Benz and. In Atlanta. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Oklahoma's. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, like, no one's going to really talk about that game. No. It is a cool stadium, though. I'll say that. But it's not – but, like, the reason you want to go to campuses is, like I said, for the things around campus and also the actual stadium itself. Right. I would go Um, to the Carrier Dome. I'm probably not going to go to Atlanta to watch us play. I'm not going to Atlanta until we earn it. That's when I'll be in Atlanta, Danny White. There you go. There you go. So, that's when when you'll get me buying my ticket to Mercedes-Benz. Other than that, I'm, I'm out. Also, they're doing a doubleheader for this. So, Virginia Tech and South Carolina play either Sunday or Monday. That's what they normally do. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure. That's kind of – I mean, Don't <laughs> quote me on that. I mean, doesn't that kind of take a little bit from your Yeah, it kind of seems like of? a travel ball tournament, doesn't it? Right, yeah. Like, well, hey, come and play. We've got a bunch of other teams here. Like a showcase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Uh, we do have a couple questions. Um, Credence asks, what uniforms do you want to see come back this year or be made? I mean, the black uniforms are already – they're apparently going to be a thing. Um, I'm a, I like the black uniforms. I wish they were maybe more than what the retail version looks like, uh, maybe a little bit more orange on it. But I like I like black uniforms. I, I hope they don't get worn with a white helmet. That's my only – I black uniforms with a smoky gray helmet I think would look very good. See, I'm thinking there's not going to be black. You don't, you don't think there are? They just retail. They just made retail version. I, I think they bought those thinking there was going to be a thing, and then it wasn't a thing. They already had that order. That's true. That 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 could be a good point. Um, 
I, I don't know that. Yeah, but maybe not. I, I, I mean, would love I, to see. I would love to see the Nike Smoky Grace come back. I didn't like the Adidas version. I like the Nike one a lot. Adidas like Nike. Was oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The Adidas version wasn't a fan of, especially it with a white helmet. It might have been better with a gray helmet, but the uh, yeah, I like the the Nike version a lot. I would love to see. I don't need an alternate. I don't care. More orange pants. That's my really only answer. Is wear the orange pants more often. There you go. Yeah, cream sickles. You like the cream sickles? I'm a huge fan of the cream sickle uniform. I love it. My favorite. One of my favorite pictures. I, I don't know if they were wearing orange pants. I wish this was a more uh, like a more popular thing that I think Alabama and Tennessee did it pretty often that they bring back, but it's that like nineteen I think it's it's from the sixties I think, um, and it's a it's a you know magazine cover of ten, a Tennessee and Alabama game and Alabama's wearing crimson and Tennessee's wearing orange I, I, they might have been wearing orange pants too, but it's just I I love the color on color matchup like I think it's a great matchup obviously you have to have the right colors to do it um, you couldn't do like Alabama and Georgia <laughs> color on color. Mm-hmm. But Alabama's crimson and Tennessee's orange, that and the CBS intro is like that's college football to me. That's what I think of. Oh, Vern? No, 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 no. The <laughs> dun, da, 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 da. no, I know, but Vern makes it too, right? I know. I said the intro. I specified the CBS intro. <laughs> big, big Vern guy, Caleb is. <laughs> yeah, he he can put me to sleep. He uh, <laughs> he can he can get me going on a Saturday. Yeah, it's like a NASCAR race. <laughs> yeah, better, dude. Vern Lockwest's voice can put me to sleep faster than just about anybody. So <laughs> pretty nice. It's pretty nice. I won't lie. Um, but yeah, that those are. So I would love to see. That's not exactly answering your question, Credence, but that uniform matchup. I would Oklahoma love to see that one. Twenty twenty four. Okay, so I was off. Uh, regardless, both years. Twenty twenty four, Oklahoma coming in Neyland. I'm sure they'll restructure that. I'm sure Oklahoma will want Tennessee to come to them right so that's a good home and home i mean I, I, but we've already done that one so i'd love to see a different home and home but at least it's a home and home and not a neutral side game yeah like hopefully Tennessee, a, we're a little bit better that's another thing as far as neutral site games go like the neutral site game that i didn't mind at all tennessee virginia tech at bristol it's a it's regional it makes sense there's almost like there's not a rivalry there but it's like regional enough to almost be a rivalry like you can mm-hmm. kind of so, like, that one was interesting. What the hell is a neutral site game with Tennessee versus Syracuse? No clue. No clue. And then, like, I know Syracuse is in the ACC now, but, like, at least Tennessee-NC State, uh, that's, you know, Tennessee-Georgia Tech, at least those, like, seemed like understandable neutral site games. I know Syracuse is technically in the ACC, but it just doesn't feel like an SEC-ACC matchup. Yeah, like, even the uh, the Belt Bowl – or whatever we the yeah. bell kickoff um, with West Virginia that was kind of regional based too. Yeah, there was like you almost felt like there could be a rivalry, like it right. could be like it made for an inter- interesting matchup. And I feel like you almost have to have that with neutral side games, like Alabama USC. I don't know how good USC is really going to be, or no, it's Alabama Miami this year. So mm-hmm. Alabama Miami, I don't know, like I don't know how much faith I have in Miami to like even be competitive in that game, but they should be one of the top two teams in the ACC. So at least there's like the interesting matchup of seeing two major power five opponents go at it. Whereas like, I mean, maybe Tennessee and Syracuse or Syracuse will be that in 2025. Um, if somebody wants to bet with me on that, I'll take it and I will say the opposite, but maybe, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I've seen crazier things. I mean, I just want a good get like, like us against Virginia, West Virginia. That was a terrible game. Like it was, it was cool to go to, but it was 
Like yeah. we got our face beat in. No, so like I, I feel like with those neutral side games, at least you want to make it a good matchup. Yeah, we had a good weekend in Charlotte. That was about the best part of that. Right, right. Like the uh, Tennessee Georgia Tech game, there was no defense in that at all. <laughs> um, but at least it was close and exciting. It was also very frustrating too. It was very frustrating. Very frustrating <laughs> game. Um, speaking of frustrating, Bud Young asked, "Do you think we will still draw punishments from NCAA?" For football violations, I hear that we may get a break due to NIL rules in place now. It makes previous punishments seem uh, hypocritical. I I, I doubt the I don't see the NCAA backing off this. Like I don't see it happening. Uh, Tennessee's still currently investigating themselves, which tells me there's still stuff to occur. I would say Tennessee's looking at minimum. Like this is the bottom of it is a bowl ban for a year or two. Um, you could potentially be talking more with scholarships and. Um, I'm trying to think of some other sanctions that may be appropriate because you did fire everyone involved, allegedly. I mean, who else? There's no one there left um, from that no. staff. So allegedly you fired everybody involved. But I I don't know. I, I will say this, but I think my hope with this situation is that Tennessee kind of gets like forgotten about with all the NCAAs having to deal with right now. They do still have the FBI stuff to deal with in basketball. Um they do still have the um, – um, what did LSU football recently get in trouble for? I thought some stuff was getting brought up down there. Was it not OBJ and out cash at the national championship? I thought there was something big. Maybe, maybe that's all it was. I thought there was something bigger going on, though. But I, they do have a lot going on mixed with the NIL just now starting. So I'm kind of hoping maybe some of that gets just – it's like your parents, like when you do something bad – you maybe encourage your sibling to do something not near as bad, not necessarily like worse than you, but hey, let's just take their mind off me for a minute, can you? Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe uh, Tennessee like skirts the system that way. That's my only hope, honestly. Yeah. Um, I don't know about that. I don't know if the NIL has really anything to do with it. I, I think it's basically just. I don't know. Like the the NCAA is so inconsistent with these things, so you you yeah. never know what's going to happen. But if I'm if I know anything, and it's being a Tennessee fan, I know that the NCAA is probably not going to do exactly what we think they're going to do. So no, no, that's a great point. I, I don't think NIL helps Tennessee other than t- the NCAA is having to deal with a lot of NIL stuff right now. That's true. Yeah, it might be put on a back burner, and you know, hopefully that's a good thing for Tennessee and they just kind of maybe forget about it until it's kind of too late to really punish. I guess they, they're probably still going to punish them, but probably right. like give us it, the, you, lay the hammer down. Right. You get away with maybe a little bit more than you should have. Um, I'm also curious like what the NCAA could prove. Cause it doesn't sound like the NCAA was sniffing around. It sounds like right now, Tennessee's self-reporting everything, which, do. which is dumb, which is dumb. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, speaking of frustrating, who also, Graham Morgan mentioned this before we get into frustrating games. Um, did you see the rumor of Kiffing knocking up a cheerleader? Yeah, and I don't know if they have any, uh, you know, any leg to stand on those rumors, but they are funny, and Kiffin addressed them head-on on Twitter in the most Lane Kiffin fashion ever, and I thought it was just a hilarious response. So credit to him for – I think his agent would tell him maybe don't do that, and his athletic director may tell him to, but I love it. It's entertaining for me. Right. And – I mean, this isn't the first time like uh, something with Lane Kiffin like that has come up. Are you? I mean, you're, not, his, his, you're not talking about the Lexus. 
Yeah, his whole entire, <laughs> you know, what what was it, 10 months at Tennessee? Was, oh, was he even here for 10 months? I don't even know. I, <laughs> I guess, it, I guess yeah. it had to be pretty close to a year. Yeah. He was probably hired in, well, over a year because he was probably hired in December. Okay. Yeah, so he was probably here right out of year. So, and there was a ton of those accusations <laughs> yeah. going around. So, love to see it. Yeah, he, I mean, he, it, to this point, it's nothing to him. It's not like his reputation is ruined at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's worried about that. Yeah. Um, we did. All right, so we had the uh, Landon drop this question on Twitter on uh, later in the week, Thursday or Friday. What are some of the more frustrating games that you you've experienced as a Tennessee fan? I assume mainly football. I don't know. Was it just football question? No, I, I said Tennessee sports. So it oh, Tennessee sports. Okay. Yeah. I you know I don't think there's been any basketball games that have been as frustrating as any football games. That's true. That's a good point. As frustrating. There's been some frustrating ones. Yeah. But I think like one of the more frustrating ones was that 2013, 2014 Michigan game, Sweet 16 game. Yeah. But that was the that was frustrating because Tennessee literally got no calls down the stretch. So, not got really a, like any got Tennessee a crap football. foul caught on them, just like they did in uh, 2018. 20, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tennessee's gotten burned in the tournament a couple of times, and you can blame it on maybe they didn't play the best, but there's also been some r- rough calls right there at the the final final buzzer too. So, yeah. Um, one for me, and I, I kind of put this on Twitter, and you can probably agree that it's probably up there for you as well. It's uh 2018. We went to Vanderbilt. So I kind of go off games that like I was actually there for because I think that makes it a lot worse at trash oh, yeah. game attendance. Um, so Tennessee gets beat by Vanderbilt 38-13, had a chance to go bowling, and uh, that team just did not want to play that day. Uh, <laughs> JG was 13 for 29, 139 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, Todd Chandler also rushed for 12.6 yards per carry. Um, he had seven carries for 88 yards, and Tennessee still got blown out by 25 points. Yeah, that's not good. That was a bad <laughs> game. And that Vanderbilt team wasn't – it's not like losing to some of the you know the better Vanderbilt teams. Um, it wasn't like that. It was just bad. Just very bad. Um, I, I'm surprised – you know, I saw a bunch of mentions of the Butch Jones. Uh, Ooh, also, games. sorry, but I wanted to – Mention Vanderbilt's stat real quick. Okay. Kyle Shermer was 31 for 35 for 367 yards and three touchdowns. I don't know if he threw 31 complete passes the rest of the season. He probably did not, no. Like, now I'm not talking about a game. Like, he might have broken his season record against Tennessee. I didn't know <laughs> he was through that well. That's embarrassing. He was definitely, yeah, he was definitely like a national player of the week after that. We made him look incredible. Yeah, um, Graham said the Tennessee versus Purdue basketball game, the Elite Eight game. That one was that one sucked. But that what's the dude's name that just would he make ten threes? Oh yeah, uh, you the foul call on the yeah. Then you had that foul call in the you know to end it too. Uh, Chris Nichols said the 2005 Vanderbilt game. He was that he was at the game. That was he was legitimately angry. Um, trying the Pat, to think. the Pat and Robinette Vanderbilt game that that kind of hurt. Too. That one hurt. For that local one's, people. Yeah, and that Vanderbilt team might have eh, – I'm trying to remember what, what year was that, 2015? Was that Franklin? Or was that 2013? Was that Bush Jones' first year? 
If that was Bush Jones' first year, I might be willing to say that Vanderbilt team might have been better than that Tennessee team. It, James Franklin was definitely the coach. Pat and Robinette wasn't even the starter. It was um, Carter Samuels. Oh, was that right? Is that right? But, is that but right Pat name? Robinette had like what two touchdowns? Well, he should be. He should have been the starter on that team. I don't know why he wasn't. But he had the touchdown, that goal line touchdown. I think he made AJ Johnson jump mm. at the in the end zone. Yeah, it sucked. Um, good lord. Yeah, that one was tough. But the ones I was surprised. So a lot of people mentioned the group of five tennis, uh, Bush Jones era games, like the Ohio game was mentioned, the UMass game was mentioned. And I guess this is, it gets into argument that we had um, a couple weeks ago, Landon. Would you rather see a, a terrible high scoring game or a terrible low scoring game? Because some of those boat races in the Dooley era against terrible teams, like wasn't there a boat race against like Troy? Didn't Troy score? Oh, like, yeah. 30 points in Tennessee? What year was that? Because I couldn't find it. It was uh, 20 – hold on. I have the – 2012. 2012. Was that 2012? Oh, so that yeah. was that was Dewey's last year. That's the year I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah, it was Tyler Bray. I had, the wrong, I had the wrong years in my head. Yeah. A team that should wipe the floor with that. Well, trend. that team should have won nine or ten games. They just had a terrible defense. Right. Yeah. South Sinceri, right? So yeah, South Sinceri. Akron, who was terrible that year. I remember them being terrible. Scored 26 points on that team. Um, we lost to Mississippi State that year, 31-41. to 41. I know this is getting off some of the worst games, but, yeah, that boat race against Troy. In 2010, we went into overtime with UAB under Dooley. That was a frustrating game. Um, yeah, there were some frustrating ones in the Dooley era that didn't get tossed out, I guess, because Butch kind of ruined that for everyone. Because as far as frustrating, I can name off a lot in the Dooley era. Uh, any games we were up by 15, um, you had that uh, opening kickoff back against Arkansas and still lost. Um uh, trying to think even more. This one doesn't even Butch's fault. I'll give him this one. Do that 2013 Georgia game. The ball was dropped at the goal line. Like what the? I still don't think it got called. He got called touchdown in real time, and I just, I don't know. It just sucks to like take that away from anyone. I think, and especially when I don't know. I could argue about replays all day. But I won't do. Well, that. yeah, and it um, sucks that like as soon as the first replay happened, you're like, oh my god, he fumbled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> and I don't think I've seen this one mentioned yet, and I'm kind of shocked. I think maybe it's just because Florida beats us so often that we forget about this one. Maybe it runs under the cracks sometimes. I see it thrown out every once in a while. But that nine to ten Tennessee Florida game. Yeah, that's rough. That was bad. And I was that not the game that Muschamp said he loved to see all these Tennessee fans going home upset? Was that the game? Yeah, it probably was. Yeah, it had it's to like be. You won by one, 10 to nine. Yeah. <laughs> After you made a quarterback change, get out of here, you douche. And then um, Mount Cody. Mount Cody was frustrating. That one was heartbreaking more than frustrating. Like that one was just kind of like the Georgia one. Yeah. You're like, man, this is getting depressing. Yeah, oh, we I could go on. Like this is kind of like my entire like, like we're going heartbreakers right now. If we just want to go off like terrible football games, UMass in 2017, <laughs> 17 to 13, they were 0 and 5. Or they're 0 and 4 at that point. They they ended up being 0 and 5. We beat them 17 to 13. But we scored 14 points in the second quarter. And I had three the rest of the game. <laughs> Ohio, Ohio was like what 198 degrees. Yeah, that game was terrible. Nealon ran out of water early on. Yeah, we won 28 to 19. 
it was bad. Um, Chris mentioned that we won the first game against NC State in the Dome. Yeah. Um, well, wait, the first game in the new Dome was Georgia Tech. That one was in the old one. Was the old the Zach State Rogers, game. baby. Yeah, Zach Rogers. NC State was supposed to be good that year, if you remember. Like, yeah, oh, they had a really talk. good corner, and he just got toasted. Yeah, he did. But that I was talking to someone. That was Cordell Patterson, Justin Hunter, and then Dariq Rogers was on that team before he got kicked off before the season started. Mm-hmm. Graham Morgan mentioned the – I'm surprised. I, we didn't see this one thrown out, maybe just because Tennessee was still pretty far from winning it. Um, but JG and the the fumble on the goal it was, line. It was David Allen. Amerson. That's right. That's David Amerson. Amerson. Okay. Um, but, yeah, the, the – the JG fumble, I think a lot of Tennessee fans would agree on. It maybe just, like I said, kind of slips by because Tennessee may not still win that game, but it obviously it changes the trajectory of it for sure. Yeah, and I also think that Kentucky game this past year had to be, you know, up there as well, just oh continuing God. to throw pick sixes and continuing to put the same guy throwing those pick sixes back out there was and then you throw you throw in um Shroud, run the ball three times to- or twice, and then have him throw a deep route. A deep out, yeah. No, well, I, what a deep out was it? I thought it was – was it an out? They had him throwing out too? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Jim Chaney's an idiot. I'm, I hate that I ever stuck up for him. <laughs> we were, so I we mean, were talking about – I mean, we it, was, it was like what, third and 15? And he like – yeah, he threw an out route to the markers. It was a 15-yard out. Well, I was talking to someone. They were like, what do you think like one of the hardest things you know in sports? Because it was the argument about like, hitting the baseball is probably one of the harder things. And I was like, the, the thing that I think – how baseball like an at bat could win it is just because in and of itself, it's a really, really hard thing to do to do that. Whereas like it's an out route is not a tough, like it's not incredibly tough to throw. You put a corner out there though. And it's one of the hardest things to do in sports to throw a deep out. Like that's getting intercepted. Nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 times with an average person out there. Right. My wife like, no one's, no one's completing that. Dying. You're good. If they like, if you if you don't throw an interception, you just got lucky and either sailed it out of bounds or threw it ten yards behind. Well, dude, I like I started laughing after Stroud threw that pick because I was like, you know, at least they didn't run it back for a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting somewhere, boys. Yeah, golly, so many miserable games. Well, um, and one of the most frustrating parts is like we ran it like every single play on that one drop and then scored a touchdown like with ease. Yeah. It was like one of our fastest um, drives of the season because we didn't have any big plays, so we had to drive it down the field every single time we scored. God, Jim Chaney, man. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt, part of it too. I think it's. I think I, I was. That was mean of me to say about Jeremy Pruitt or about about uh, Chaney because I, I don't know if he had full control, but whew. someone he else also, mentioned. He also Peyton. had. A, Shitty quarterback. For just being yep. honest, no, for sure. Peyton mentioned pretty basketball. That's that's a good. That's one that's going to hang at the top just because for a lot of reasons. That team probably should have been better. Mixed with like we mentioned, that dude hitting everything. Yeah. Um, so that was frustrating for a lot of reasons. And then the final, the final whistle uh, won it for Purdue. Georgia State. That was frustrating because we lost that game. We shouldn't have, but like they beat us that day. Yeah, they. Oh yeah. Like Tennessee BYU was, was more frustrating because the way you lost. I felt like yeah. Like I was more mad leaving the stadium for BYU than I was. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> by the beginning of the fourth quarter, I'd already like, I could, I was already venting. So it's yeah. like I got it all out by the end of the Georgia State game. Like I walked right. out of Neil and not like. 
all right, well, let's just, let's go to the bar. You, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I, I don't know where to go. I don't have a safe Wanna place. Cry. Well, we, we sat there for a long time. Um, we, we worked it out. Um, Peyton Hamlin also mentioned Oklahoma football with Baker and Eric Stryker flipping off the fans. 2015 was a very, very frustrating game. It was a frustrating season. Yeah, what I know it kind of went – so 2016, we were terrible at starting games. Yep. And in 2015, we were terrible at ending them. That yeah. Florida game in 2015 when they had the fourth and, what, 20, something like that? We – yeah. Um, what was it? So that was at Florida too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the fourth down, the long fourth down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the most frustrating ones. And then the, the, uh, the chart says go for two here. Blah, 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 blah. First off, like a lot of people will be like, the chart might've said that. And some people are like, I've never seen that chart. I don't care what side you stand on. The point is you lost the game. You made the wrong decision. That's like, it's that simple. Like that that's what bothers me the most about it is I don't give a f- what the chart said. You lost. Right. So shut up. All you can say is we made the wrong decision. It happens. The ch- the chart says <laughs> shut up. God, it's so annoying. Yeah, just I don't know. Just man up. Just say you got beat. Just say you're an idiot. Like in 2000 what was it? 18 with against Florida or 2006. 19, right? I'm trying to remember what game you're talking about. I'm sorry. The Felipe Franks. Set the t- the long touchdown, 17. The Hail Mary? Yeah, seven. that was 17? Okay. Yeah. yeah, that like that game. I mean, I, that team that Tennessee team was terrible, but the fact that you had Florida B and you were playing regular defense when they were around the 50 instead of a prevent is the dumbest oh. thing I've ever Well, they had three deep safeties. The guy on the left just got beat. I can't remember his name. I'm glad I can't. He let a uh, guy get behind him. Abernathy. I wasn't going to say it, but he <laughs> let a guy get behind him the one time in the game that your only job is the only thing. It's not – It's yeah, not. It, it wasn't like they were They were at normal depth. They weren't were – they? they're playing they were, regular defense. That was, that was a question after the game. was like, why were you not in prevent? And, God, who is the well, – I'll say this. I'm not a fan of prevent defense, but – as long as you have three high safeties, just keep everything in front of you. Get, like, yeah, get depth enough to keep them in front of you, but you don't need to be playing back 30 yards. Who was our defensive coordinator in seven? That was Bob Shoot. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was Shoot. Yeah, no, like, it, it just, like you, you can let them catch the ball, just not behind you. Yeah. That's it. You got to make one ball. tackle. I'm going to say something I regret, so I'm going to move on from that. But Yeah, there's there's a lot in the past, like what? What do we name a lot of, like, the past five years? Oh, I don't think we named one. I think the only person that threw one out not in the last ten years was Chris. He said the 2005 Vanderbilt game. That was Jay Cutler, right? Jay Cutler, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of frustrating games. Oh, the thing I was going to say about Butch is the chart thing. There's times when you – like, let's, let's pretend the chart says that. And I would have to refresh my memory on exactly what it was. But let's pretend the chart says to kick an extra point there. There's at times you got to be a football coach. Like if you read everything that's written down on paper, you're going to get beat more often than you're going to win, which maybe says a lot about Butch Jones as a football coach. I don't know. I'll let him decide that. But you can't you can't just read paper and do everything that's on paper. Some of it's momentum. Some of it's you know, how is your offense playing versus how is your defense playing versus 
Um, I mean, what if your kicker just tore his hamstring? You still kicking it? Yeah, there's just so many games in the last like ten years that it's hard to like pick one before that. Yeah, Chris just said he can definitely name more. I mean, I'm shocked. I don't think I remember seeing the 2006 SEC championship game. Did you see it? I did see that or, a yeah. couple a couple times. Yeah. Okay. That was that was rough. I didn't see as many of those. Um, that one was sad. That one was real sad. And you know, some what about the argue. one against uh, man? When's the last time we went to the? Sorry, that was 2007 SEC championship game, not six. Apologies. That's what the pick. That was the um, the one in the end zone. Yeah, in our end zone. I saw in our the Jabbar Gaffney <laughs> catch, catch. Yeah, catch. That was the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a lot. God dang. It's been rough, guys. It's amazing we're still here. It is. It, that's a great point. It is. It's amazing. Oh, it's it's fun to it's fun to dwell on the past. Maybe we'll celebrate the past at some point in our lives. Maybe. <laughs> I would love to tell these stories like after a national championship or two. That would be nice. Yeah, make it these worth stories it. Are, these stories would be a lot funnier. Let's make it worth it a little if bit. If you want some games now. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's look towards the future. <laughs> Which I don't know if I'm very excited about that either. Um, quarterback. I mean, it's like I mentioned earlier in the show. I really do believe this offense has more talent than maybe it's give, being given credit for. Oh, I did see some of the Wyoming game. I'm sorry to add another one. Oh, well, the Wyoming game was so sad, too, just because um, that was right after Phil Fulmer resigned. Yeah. Or forced to resign, I should say. For the first time. <laughs> Fair. Recruiting was really good, though. Yeah. Oh, God. I can't believe that was said. I didn't oh. ever see it with the um, – you know the theme to the uh, golly, like the HBO. What was that HBO show? Good God, Sopranos. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, God, I can't think of the actor or the name of the show now. I just know it's not HBO. I'll think of it later. I'm surprised we never saw that. You know where it zooms in with the. I don't know if I'm giving enough for anyone in the chat to to know what I'm talking about. Maybe um, Game yeah. of Thrones. No, 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 no. Uh, it's. Oh. Um, I'm trying to think of like HBS shows. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna look it up now. But um, where was I going with it before that too? Other than the quarterbacks. Oh, uh, here quarterbacks, baby. What do you think Someone, about? Uh, someone's already asked who's the quarterback, so you better have a good answer. Um, I know Harrison Bailey was at the Manning Passing Academy, and that's been a big talk in the off entourage. Is that what you're talking about? No, 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 no. Oh. no. It's the it's uh, a good show too, Chris. Thanks for the. God, everyone's gonna, everyone's gonna know the exact type of video I'm talking about when I can. Yeah, so it's like I haven't seen the edit of Philip Former saying, "Well, recruiting's certainly been good." And uh, curb your enthusiasm, thank you, Chris. Curb your enthusiasm. Is that an HBO show? I'm almost positive it is. I have no clue. I'm, I don't have no clue what you're talking about. I've never seen that show. Really, I can't think of the actor's name now. That, that Larry David does it. Hmm. Larry, it's a Larry David show. But yeah, it's the mute. I don't know. I'll just I'll have to give you an example after we get off because I couldn't find a video right now. But Word. yeah, um, okay. Quarterback though, Harrison Bailey's. Yes, he's at the Manning Academy. Um, so I'm sure we'll hear Peyton Manning and Archie Manning talk about how good 
Harrison Bailey, you know, played this week and what whatnot. So that's, I feel like yeah. that's death now. <laughs> yeah, I was. We were kind of banking on him being QB one, but now we're just like, uh, maybe not. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it is kind of a two man race. I would think. I think it's, um, you know, obviously Josh Heupel wasn't exactly ecstatic with the quarterback room coming out of spring practice. That's why he added Joe Milton. Um, so I think that has something to to say that you know this is the only Joe Milton's the only guy on this roster or only quarterback on this roster that Josh Heupel has actually brought in. Yeah, and it um you know I just haven't seen a lot. Obviously, I know he's only really had what one year at Michigan that he played any. Um, I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. Like I, I really don't even know what to think about the quarterback race. Um, I mean. Part of me is still like, maybe it's Harrison Bailey, but I, I'm I'm kind of with you in the sense that if Josh Heupel brings Joe Milton in, you know, he transferred for a reason. Um, that obviously doesn't mean he wins it outright, but I, I don't know. I, well, I, I mean, I'm, I, th- I, I want to think, think Harrison Bailey. Also, didn't is that is that Gaston Moore guy? Any like, what's his transfer deal? I know he came from UCF. What's up with that? He's a walk on. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's even a viable option. Yeah. Maybe he's looking to be a GA at some point. Uh, who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think he'll be in that race at all. But Joe Milton, like he, I felt like he, he's at Michigan. He was one of those guys that, you know, looks like Tarzan and kind of played like Jane. Um, I mean, he had three games last season that his QBR was under 20. I mean, that's, Terrible. Yeah. Uh, again, I, mean, I, don't, JG I don't know. He didn't even that. have that. <laughs> and JG played a full season almost. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, uh, ugh, I don't know. I mean, I understand, like, yeah, he's big and, like, maybe a quarterback doesn't work out for him. You know, he could probably play another position, whereas, like, Harrison Bailey, I don't think that's the case. Right. Um, but dude, like Michigan fans are just like, guys, y'all do not, y'all are y'all are overhyping this dude for what he is. Um, so I mean, I hope you know if there is, I guess Josh Heupel's considered a QB whisper. I don't know if that's safe to say because we thought that about Jim Chaney as yeah, well. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to give him the QB whisper tag. But but he's he's got a lot better. Guys. Yeah. Um, he, he has developed some guys. I'll give him that throughout his career. Drew Locke, um, Landry Jones. We only had Drew Locke for like a year, right? Maybe two. Dylan Gabriel. Um, yeah. Let's – I think uh, I think he's also kind of been uh, – he's been helped by circumstances that he's come into. So, I'm not willing to say he's just complete – obviously, he's got to have a hand in it. He's had to have had a hand in it if he's coached them. Um, but let's see. Tennessee, maybe he gets some guys in here for four years or he'll have Harrison Bailey for three and let's see what happens, or maybe maybe just two. Um, that would be nice. That means good things probably. But um, yeah, I, I'm gonna, I, especially because we thought Jeremy Pruitt could do anything with the defensive back, and maybe one in his time here. Well, and like, I mean, did he couldn't recruit him? Yeah, and then the defensive line, the position he was responsible last year, was probably the uh, the most overrated position. Group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I think, I, 
I think it's probably between those two guys, Joe Milton, Harrison Bailey. But um, if I'm going what I've seen from the two of those quarterbacks, I think you have to go Harrison Bailey. I mean, Joe Milton, what was his uh, his completion rating last year was 56%. I think Harrison Bailey's was 71%. And that was with a pretty terrible offensive line behind him too. Yeah, the offensive line that when he got knocked down didn't even help him up. Um, and he threw 71 – he completed 71% of his passes. So, yeah, if I'm going based off, you know, last year, I think you got to go Harrison Bailey. But, you know, who knows? Maybe Josh Heupel is able to get something out of Joe Milton that, you know, no one's seen up to this point. Yeah, and another thing, too, for Harrison Bailey, a lot of people are concerned with, you know, his mobility and whatnot and then how he fits into the Heupel offense. I mean, one of the first things Heupel said, and he's kind of prodded himself on it, is – um, him and goal, uh, someone else said it in that offensive press conference. I almost said goalish, but I don't know if that's right. They were like, you know, we're all about tailoring what we do to our players. Like, otherwise, it doesn't work. Well, Harrison Bailey is obviously a really talented guy. Now, you know, how much of that translates to this level is yet to be determined, but he's obviously got talent. So, if, if Josh Heupel is really going to kind of pride himself on that and that's going to be something he's about, well, then you should be able to do something with the talented guys you have on campus tailor that offense to fit him. Does he fit exactly what Josh Heupel did at UCF? Probably not. Should you still be able to tweak some things to make it fit? Yeah. If, if you're a good football coach, you should be able to do that. Yeah. I think, you know, this group has some weapons too. Um, I just think they, they were kind of closed off with their offense last season. I mean, it's all about quarterback play and that Tennessee was terrible last year because they had terrible quarterback play. Right. Um, I think the still skill position was there. You had receivers, you had running backs, you know, Eric Gray, Jabari Small, Ty Chandler, you had uh, Josh Palmer had a great year, Jalen Hyatt, Bayless Jones, but you couldn't get it in their hands. Um, so I feel like a, a lot of this offense is to get athletes in space and let them do the work. And that's something mm-hmm. Tennessee just could not do last season. So, yeah, I think if you're going based off that, just getting into athletes' hands, you got to go with, the more accurate quarterback, and that's Harrison Bailey. Um, Hendon Hooker, I think they're worried about him. He can't, you know, throw it down the field. And yeah, but I, I think he may be that that dark horse. I, I I just don't think – I don't see Brian Maurer being in the mix for these guys. Um, so, if I'm going to throw a third on there, I, I would say Hendon Hooker. Right. I mean, you've, you've had a season where Harrison Bailey beat out Brian Maurer pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll find out – the differences between the two staffs then. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, Hendon Hooker, I, I saw a highlight reel the other day of him throwing three interceptions to one player uh, against Wake Forest in 2014, or not in 2014, last year. Mm-hmm. So that's like, ugh, we don't want that. And, and all those throws are down the field. Right. Right. So. Yeah, I just don't know, like, his decision-making, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's another, that's another good question, too, that I want to ask is, um, can Tennessee complete the bubble pass? Because i got to imagine it's going to end up being a huge part of Heupel's offense. Uh, I, I know I saw a few at UCF, and then it's just the Tennessee way. So, every coach at Tennessee has just been crazy about the bubble pass. I don't know if there's something about Neyland Stadium. It just screams this is the perfect place for a bubble pass, but it'll be done at Tennessee. It's the bodies underneath. They just yeah. double pass. They're encouraging you to, to run the yeah. Run the I mean, wouldn't like Harrison Bailey's like first pass like a bubble pass? I'm sure. I don't. I don't know, but I'm. And sure. it, 
I think it was I think it was completed. Oh wow. That's why There's we're like, oh my god, he's future. our savior. He, he can he can complete a bubble pass. Let's um I love it. I don't know if you can Im- increase the scholarship amount, but yeah, let's do that. Agreed. Now, now you can do NIL deals and McDonald's paid them. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt was ahead of the curve with that. I mean, if you ask me. I 100% agree with that. 100% <laughs> agree. Bring him back. All right. Um, let's speak. Of, oh, speaking of being back. So who do, who do you think? Who do you think is a quarterback? If we're just basing off like no one knows anything. Who do I think versus who do I think maybe is more talented or two different people? I think Hennon Hooker – or Hennon Hooker, excuse me. Joe Milton will probably be the guy against Bowling Green. But I'm – I mean, I just – everything we've known about these guys, I think Harrison Bailey is probably the better quarterback on the roster. I think they'll – I think they'll be forced to play two different guys, and that is scary. I don't want that to happen. Uh, I want you to be able to pick somebody and kind of – be able to roll with them. Obviously, I hope they, terrible. You I hope they get to play two guys against Bowling Green. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Get to, not have to. You haven't really gotten to the last couple of years. The, right. the, uh, you've, you've had to. The previous coaching staffs haven't. Well, they haven't even done that. Georgia State, how many quarterbacks played? That's a good point. So, hopefully they get to. Previous staffs have not taken advantage of I mean, it, non-power it, five games. It took what? A three and out and two pick sixes for them to finally take JG out. Still wasn't his last still wasn't his last appearance, was it? No, I think he came back, didn't he? He did. I think he came back in that game. Yeah, I think so too. Oh my God. Dude, Jerry Pruitt is terrible. I mean, oh my God. I think we talked about it last episode, like the worst quarterback or the worst coaches. In the past, I guess out of the four, the last four, and I said it last last episode. I was like, by the end of this, Jeremy Pruitt could end up being the worst one. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think if you're just looking at direct on field, like what occurred on the field, J, the 2018 or 2019 season is barely saving Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, barely. Uh, it's it's between Derek Dooley and Jeremy Pruitt. And what's crazy is if this if the investigation didn't happen, Jeremy Pruitt's still a football coach here. Yeah, and tw- I'm sure this year would be looking just splendid right now. <laughs> I'm sure too. Uh, God bless. All right. Would JG hey, still you, be who'd back? You who'd you say? Do what? Would JG still be back? No way. No, he had announced before all that. He happened. did. Okay, I'm pretty, I'm pretty I sure. Remember, I didn't I'm pretty remember. sure. There's just no. Um, way but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. I kind of feel like it, it is Joe Milton. I, th- I feel like there is something to say that Josh Heibel brought him in for a reason. Um, but yeah, I'm, I think Harrison Bailey is probably your better. I think he's a safer bet. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and like, I don't understand the the Manning Passing Academy. Is it just like who? Can go or, uh, and I'm sure he, uh, well, I, I think with college players, I don't because they're not necessarily there to like participate, usually. They're yeah, usually they're, they're there to, like, now. They, they, I mean, they do some like, I guess, training, but because they demonstrate and stuff like that. But yeah, they're essentially counselors, instructors. Um, so as far as getting invited, it's probably just, uh, yeah, who, who schedule does it fit? Who'd we talk to early on? Um, 
I mean, I don't, I don't know what it. Who's been in the program? Probably maybe been in the program. Who, who's been to the academy before? Um, you know, okay. Harrison Bailey being from the South. Um, I don't know, where's Joe Milton from originally? Florida, I think. Okay, so yeah, he may, he's, from, he's from Orlando. He's from so, Olympia. So he may have attended it too, but it, it may be just. I'm sure it's something like that. And um, I yeah, I don't know exactly how the those invites occur, but yeah. And it may be a thing. Harrison Bailey may have reached out to them, or you know, maybe something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you on. I, I probably think it's going to be Joe Milton, but if I were to pick, it'd probably be Harrison Bailey, in my opinion. Um, let's move on to. Uh, did we lose you for a second? You back? Yep. I, I thought I, I thought I lost you. Turns out you lost me. Nice. Um, yeah. I'll just go in our next segment. Let's do it. Evan Russell back. working his way back to Rocky Top. Back like he never left because he did. He didn't. He didn't. Yeah. Leave. Right. Um, I, good. Good move. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't think there was any chance he was leaving after his comments in Omaha. Um, just didn't seem like he wanted to go. Didn't seem like he had a reason to. So why would he? Um, I mean, maybe the only thing is that there's going to be a lot of, I mean, in Tennessee, the coaches have said it publicly, like there's no guaranteed playing time. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I don't think Evan Russell will be on the field, especially, you know, more often than not, but there's no playing time guaranteed. And he, he knows that there's other guys around him that are just as deserving as him. So that that's the only thing that maybe could have kept him away. But if competition keeps you away, then you're probably in the wrong business. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that, you know, loves wearing Tennessee across his chest. And I think his dad did an interview. Um, I, f- I think it was after the Super Regionals, maybe the after the first game in, in Omaha. Um, just said when he got selected to play for Team Tennessee in high school, like he was like, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to play for my state. And, you know, he's just like a John Fulgerson guy. Like he – and we've kind of mentioned this – when we looked at the roster and stuff is like a guy that could possibly come back as Evan Russell. And, you know, yeah, his comments in Omaha, but he is a Tennessee guy mm-hmm. born, bred Tennessee. Um, so yeah, it, it was probably kind of a no brainer. Um, but yeah, there, there is no, I mean, there's that outfield's loaded. That outfield's very loaded. I mean, at least you do have the DH spot that you, know, you, you don't can lose at least, anybody in your, outfield. you don't lose, you don't lose anybody. And then uh, you have Kyle Booker who, he doesn't want to sit on the bench, and um, he's good enough not to. And so I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see how they structure that, um, you know, that outfield come next spring, come February. But the good news is you have enough spots for those guys to to all get in on the action. And, um, yeah, Kyle Booker, I mean, kind of on the assumption that Evan Russell may be gone. You, you thought he'd just slot into left field there and be the guy. Now it's like, I mean, who who's left out in the field and who's – Who's DH? And I think is the question for those four outfielders. And, and it's a good thing for Tennessee fans is like you get the best of both worlds. Whoever it is, <laughs> they beat out somebody that was really good or really talented. So, right. Um, yeah, I think you know Drew Gilbert's going to be there, and, and then those other three guys are going to be in the lineup. They can hit. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you know, like you mentioned, Kyle Booker, he's way too good to to sit on the bench. He's not going to sit on the bench. Um, so yeah, is he a DH? Maybe, but I, I think he's an everyday player. He, he's a guy that's probably getting um, drafted here pretty soon. So, 
you know, who's, who's it going to be? I think Evan Russell's done an incredible job in the field. Um, and obviously with the bat, with the, you know, he had two, three home run games um, this past yep. season against Vanderbilt and LSU who were really good. Um, you know, one made it all the way to the college world series finals and one made it to the super regional and got beat by Tennessee. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. But yeah, Tennessee's outfield is pretty, um, pretty loaded for next season. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fantastic. Very excited. Obviously, getting Evan Russell's back, um, but does does raise some new questions. Good questions. It's not like looking at the one we just got done talking about, where it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Right. Um, this one's a little bit different. Uh, it's a good problem. Good problem to have, and um, going to be uh, the. I, I know the Tennessee's lineup. Top of the lineup is going to be really really strong. Um, bottom of the lineup probably still some you know, question marks there, but uh, you know, wasn't that a question mark at the beginning of this baseball season too. And then you had some just consistency out of that bottom of the lineup and it, and it made it, it made Tennessee a really dangerous team. Um, you know, obviously in Omaha, it kind of stunk. No one could get it out, but um, still, still some guys, plenty of guys getting on base. And uh, so, I mean, I think as long as you have consistency out of the top of your lineup there, I feel like you, you just, you're kind of just buying the bottom of your lineup time. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, you're not going to have nine hitters on any given day. That's just not the nature of it. So, uh, but I, I do feel confident in the first few guys. Yeah, and, the, and those those four guys that we mentioned are four guys that could be at the top of that lineup. <laughs> they, um, they really could be. You know, that, that could be your first four hitters, honestly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. You know, we've spoke to somebody really close to that program saying Kyle Booker is way too good to – be back on the bench and that's not going to happen. So um, we'll see, we'll see kind of how it plays out, but he's, he's tearing it up right now in the California league. It is really good to get, you know, a guy in a six year, a Tennessee guy and a, a guy um, who has a, a phenomenal career for Tennessee and Evan Russell back. I think from a leadership aspect, I think that's all you want um, is a guy like in your program like that, like a John Fulkerson. Right. Well, when you mentioned Kyle Booker too, you're like, you know, he's, it's too good to be sitting on the bench. I mean, the only reason he was this year was because of Evan Russell, and you saw what kind of season he had. So that tells right. you anything about, you know. And, you know, Kyle Booker, there were some games that he played over Evan Russell at the beginning of the year. Now, I know that's probably kind of nature of just getting different guys in, getting different looks. But it's also, you know, it wasn't – if it's just your job, it's just your job. It clearly wasn't that, that – just that, so – Yep, 14 home runs. I think 13 of those were in SEC play. Um, so when the lights are on, the 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 stakes are high. Evan Russell shows up. He batted 238 this season, and I think that only gets better because yep. you know that's in his four year career so far. That's his worst average. Um, now I know a lot of his hits came at, at really big times, but uh, 238 is probably not where he wants to be. He's probably one up near that 300 range. So, um, yeah, hopefully he's able to have a, you know, build on that last year. And even if it is a DH position for him, I think he's perfectly okay with that because he just loves to be at Tennessee. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Uh, anything else for baseball or, I mean, I guess anything else for football before we get into segments? Hey, we saw Antonio Vitello. We're good. Yeah, we got the extension. Signs still delivered. I uh, didn't get to read uh, Mike Wilson's article yet, but he wrote an article today that um, I think just talking about his decision to re-sign and whatnot. So I'll have to go check that out. There is a um, there 
so I think while there wasn't anything in the contract, so there might be an amendment to that contract um, about the stadium upgrades is because you have to go through the board. Mm. And I don't think they meet until the end of this month. So I think that's probably the reason. Gotcha. gotcha. All that is not in there. Okay. I mean, I, I didn't know if that would like, that might just be a handshake agreement because I don't know how you necessarily put stadium upgrades in like a coaching contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you can't just go out there and just start with a hammer and shovels and jackhammers and just start tearing up things. <laughs> like, yeah, it has to go through a board. Um, but the building commission, I think, is what it's called. But if you guys do need someone to do that, um, we'll do it for free. There you go. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just, just let us know. I can't build anything, but I can certainly tear it down. There you go. Yeah, we'll get some sledgehammers, get some uh, safety goggles. I got some gloves. We can use. We yeah. got need gloves. Um, in, in fact, I, I will tear. Da- I will tear down what needs to be torn down at Lindsey Nelson. I will not ever, ever take out a trough, though. Sure. Yeah. Loosely stated. Unless I'm taking it to my house. Sorry. <laughs> why we will have a trough <laughs> if need be. It, if you guys ever need help with your bathroom renovations, I will under the condition that there's a trough put in. Right. So any other any other addition on my our, on our lunch breaks, we're taking hacks. Yeah, daddy you. hacks, if you will. There you go. There you go. Um, all right. If you got any questions, drop them in the chat. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and jump into our most important of the week. We'll get to any questions if you've got them. Or do you? I'm sorry. Do we have? Do we have any pre-show? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. We just had some in the in the in the chat, which we love. Love it. Love it. Yeah, that's all we got. Um, didn't have any pre-show, but uh, thanks for you guys hopping in the chat. We really love it. If you see that little um, – if you want to press on that little thing, get a, get us some love in here, that'd be great. We appreciate that. Um, we got some big things coming. Tailgates yeah. are coming. Oh, soon. Can't, wait. cannot wait. What are we at, 46 days? Is that right? Dang. It's sneaking up. I can't believe it's already – it's almost the end of July. Two more weeks in July left. That's nuts. Yeah. Kind of depressing yep. to me. Um, most important. Most important. Uh, my first one is going to be Colin Morikawa. Mm. Winning the British Open this morning. Uh, it's his second major already. He's just 24 years old. His first one was a PGA Championship uh, right out a year ago. Or a little bit, little bit less than a year ago, I think. And I'm trying to confirm. Trying to confirm. I think it's his... He's only played in eight majors, I think, to this point. So he's won two of the eight he's played. I'm trying to get that exact stat. Yeah, which is pretty incredible. Um, I think he also posted the lowest score for the Open, I believe. Okay. So just an insane day from him. And Jordan Spieth was breathing down his neck the last couple of holes. Um, I was rooting for Spieth personally, but I also like Colin Morikawa a whole lot. Uh, I tried to get... Brody to bet on him. He didn't listen to me and he won't speak. So mm, tough. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Uh, my first one is the St. Paul Saints minor leagues. We're going to okay. minors, baby. Big minor leagues. Um, The batter, he's a right-handed batter and turns on one and hits it into the third base dugout where there is a guy sitting like on the step and he hits it right to him and the dude just barehanded without like any hesitation catches it. Where were they at? 
it was it was the St. Paul Saints tweeted this. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the guy is just sitting in the dugout, like at the step of the dugout, like okay, where, okay. where people go down in it. Yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. sitting at that like gate and he hits it right to him and he just puts out his hand and catches it. Amazing. I mean that that the exit velocity is probably like oh. over a hundred and he yeah. just he just broke every bone in his hand, but it was an awesome video. Worth it going viral. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty impressed more people don't just die in the dugout, honestly. <laughs> I, I am shocked by that. I mean, it, it's it's so weird that they have like why is there not like the in little league they have the full pretty much chain link fence right. in front of them. Um but yeah, and like high mm-hmm. school and college and pros, they just let it hang out. You gotta you gotta be able to dodge, man. If you can dodge yes. a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Film ballsy. Um, see, I think I have another most important. So I pulled up. I was still trying to get the stat for for uh, Colin, but um, oh, Nashville SC. That was it. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to pronounce his name because it's so close to Emily's last name. It cracks me up. But it's 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 not Haney, but it's like Hani Mukhtar. Hat trick in the first uh, 15 minutes last night. Nice. Yeah. Pretty. Pretty nuts how he did it. Um, got lucky maybe a few times, but then also had a nasty free kick to to top it off. So okay, yeah, love that. Um, oh, did you? Oh, so the TBT started. The basketball tournament started. Um, John Elmore for the uh, Marshall team. I don't know if you'll be able to see this. He was drawing up plays on the court. Oh, he's got chalkboard. No, it's chalk. It's chalk. He's just going at the hardwood floor with chalk, drawing up plays on the sideline. That's new. Yeah, very interesting. I'm like, you really couldn't afford to go buy a drop board? Yeah, or a man, I'm sure. Loved it. I'm sure whoever like, does that court is probably pissed. Yeah, that, yeah I'm sure. No, not happy about it at all. Um, I have the White Sox fans hitting around a blown-up trash can in honor of the Astros being in town. It's awesome. It was so like, like what exactly were they doing? So you know, like they throw up the beach ball. This yeah, is like yeah. a blown up trash can. That That's awesome. Hitting around. Yeah, that is good. That's a great one. Uh, I've got a couple fails. So are you ready to go to that, or you got most important? Uh, yeah, let's go to it. All right. Before we do that, though, we did get a question from Vols for Life underscore five five four. Who the waters? Who are the wide receivers that we will use the most this year? Hi, Vales Jones. Yeah. One or do you have a one or do you have a prediction for one or two? Like who sees the most? Um, I think in this offense you want to say Jalen Hyatt, but I think I think Valus Jones is probably going to get the majority. And you know they could be splitting hairs. Um, mm-hmm. but I think he has maybe like I think he's going to break more tackles now. Jalen Hyatt can get behind anybody. I think it's um, who can get in the space most is who's going to. Yeah, but but I, I think with the without a if you're having like if you had Mac Jones or Joe Burrow throwing, yeah, Jalen Hyde's probably your guy because he can get behind anybody. But yeah. Valus Jones, I feel like can break more tackles and um, you know, obviously he has more experience. So I, I'd probably go Valus Jones, 
But man, I'd love to see some completed bombs to Jalen Hyatt too. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Would love to do that. Uh, Graham asked, are the Tennessee alumni not playing in this TBD tournament? This is the regional play right now. Um, so Tennessee is playing. We looked it up last night, Landon. Do you remember the dates? Uh, it's – I guess it's next weekend. It's next the, week. The yeah, the 24th maybe through the 27th. Gotcha. That, that sounds kind of right. But yeah, it's next week sometime. Yeah, so they're doing regionals right now. ETSU actually won their first game today. So, okay, cool. Yeah, go buck, buck and tears. Bucketeers. 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 I think that's how you say it. Bucketeers. Okay, that makes more Is that what they are? I'm going to look it up now. That's pretty – that's witty. That's cool. Um, My fail, while you're looking that up, is um, the Big 12. They're going to crack down on the horns down gesture this season. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Bucket, bucket nears. Bucket nears. Okay. It's like the bucket end of the buccaneers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Go on though, because this is a great one. I can't wait to make fun of this. Yeah, Big Twelve gonna cry down on a horns down gesture. Hey, Big Twelve, suck it. What are you gonna do to me? I. What, what can you really do to anybody? Dude, the greatest troll event of all time would be for Oklahoma to add that to their like like this is our official. Alternate logo is horns down. Because then yeah. how can you punish them? You can't. Because then you have to punish Texas for doing the horns. Right. So, like, I would do it, like, if I'm Oklahoma, I'd just start doing it every game. and be like, this isn't even associated with Texas. This is our thing. Or I would just complain that they're saying Sooners up, and that's offensive. Yeah, no. Sooners up offensive? Sooners down? No, if they're doing like this, that's Sooners up. That's offensive. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, good one. Yes. Or, or that's so it's like a flipped, like they flip the um, carriage. Yeah, I love there it. Which they do themselves, so they don't need any help doing that. <laughs> um, like Tennessee needs to adopt this as our alternate, so we can when we start beating Florida, if we ever do, we can get to do that. Get to. Um, Mm, who did in the end zone end up maybe losing us the game? John Kelly. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Might have lost us the game, but nah. We won't talk about that. He also, like, if, if we didn't have John Kelly, we also get beat by 40, that, so. That's a fantastic point. That That's a fantastic point. Um, he yeah, was so point. underrated. And it sucks we only really got to experience him for one year, one and a half, kind of. Yeah, um, agreed. Because, dude, he was so damn good. We could have used him. I mean, looking back, he probably made the right decision by not being around that team. Because <laughs> 2018 was pretty bad. Yeah, it was a rough, it was a rough, rough year. Rough, rough year. Uh, my first one, my first sale of the week goes to the Mets. Did you see this play against the Pirates today? No, I didn't. I don't really know what happened. It looks like a ball. Well, they won, good. so I won money. So they I'm did cool. end up winning. Uh, yeah. Well, early in the game, this was the first inning. Yeah, um, bases were loaded. It looked like a ball was going to go foul, just you know, like right off the um, bat. I guess it bounced in play a couple times, and then the pitcher—I don't know how to say his first name—Walker, Taiwan, Taiwan Walker. Mm-hmm. It looks like he kicks the ball. Like I don't know how the ball shot off, how it did. There's no way it went off his glove. But then I couldn't tell if it was in play or not. He was swearing it wasn't in play, so the ball should have been foul. Well, they called it fair. 
they score, I think, two runs in all the confusion because the ball is like pretty much in the dugout at this point. Nice. Where he'd kicked it over there. And the Mets are just arguing the call. They're not even trying to play. And Pirates score, I think, two runs on a <laughs> terrible play. I don't even know how you score that. Is it just one error? Because I feel like you could credit it to several errors. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a play in the Bad News Bears movie where they have like eight errors on one play. So, yeah, it can't happen. Sorry, will you repeat that? My headphones got unplugged. There, there's a play with the Bad News Bears where they have like eight errors in one. Okay. Yeah, yeah it can't happen. I like it should be at least two errors for the run score. Yeah. Dang, what did the Mets – Also, like, depending on how bad the error is, it should – it could count as two. Wait, I need to see how – they might have scored more than just two runs in that. I'm going to have to go back and look. What, what Do you know what the final ended up being? Because you said the Mets won. Seven to six, I think. I can look it up for sure, God. but I think that's what it was. Pirates suck. Seven to six, yep. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite things to do is just bet against the Pirates. I don't blame you. I do that, and I bet against the Orioles, which the Orioles kind of screw me every now and then, but usually the Pirates lose. So The Pirates are almost guaranteed to lose, so that's a that's a great call. So they scored all their runs in the first inning, in the bottom of the first. So that mayhem played a lot on it. Oh my God! So they scored six runs in the first inning and lost seven to six. Yeah, they only scored two on that play though. So I was I was right about that. <laughs> oh my gosh! So it was counted as two errors. It was counted as two errors. I'll yeah, for that scored on an error and Reynolds scored um, save at third on a fielding error by catcher. Yeah, so two errors in that sequence. That's awesome. Nuts. Bet against the Diamondbacks, Graham Morgan said. Well, I think they beat, they beat I don't my know. tonight. Yeah, they're, they're pretty – Or today. Pretty hot and cold team to, to bet against. Usually the Pirates are – the Pirates shouldn't be a major league team. Like They should <laughs> take the best AAA team and just replace them with the Pirates. Oh, a little little uh, promotion relegation here. Huh? Yeah, I'm going, I'm going soccer. I like I'm it. learning. I'm learning. I like it. Um, my next, my next and last fail of the week is Kyle Busch. Did you see him uh, pushing the pace car around a little bit today? I could, and I fell asleep. Apparently, there was some <laughs> questions about the uh, good call integrity of the track. Um, rained a little bit. I don't know where they're racing at this weekend. Nowhere big, or that I care about big. Uh, New Hampshire. It wasn't Tona. It wasn't Daytona or Dager. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so some frustration. So Kyle Busch gets out there uh, for the restart and uh, is uh, just pushing, giving the uh, pace car a little love tap, letting him know he's there. There you go. Like, what a douchebag. Like, Rubin's racing, right? I don't, I don't know how fast they're going in the pace car, but what a douchebag to get out there and just push the pace car from behind. Yeah, it's like, dude. What do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently like, the pace car has a say in like whether the track's safe or not. Apparently. And I think Kyle Bush had maybe spun out a little bit due to the wet roads, but at the same time, I'm like, you're really just gonna go wreck this guy? <laughs> really? Yeah, That's yeah. how you're gonna handle it? Is that not like um Oh, I'm sure he'll get a hefty fine for it. I would imagine. I mean is it... You got? Is that not attempted murder? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm Dang, how much do you hate Kyle Bush? <laughs> I mean, like, well, I'm, I'm talking about like if you're a, 
if you're trying to wreck somebody, yeah, that's pretty messed up. It's pretty messed up. I don't know if I'll go as far as attempted murder. Yeah, reckless endangerment. Yeah, probably a better yeah. charge. Yeah, maybe Jeez, attempted murder just... is a little nuts. Depends <laughs> on how how hard that tap is. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what an idiot. It, I mean, I don't know how dangerous it really was. I know if I was the pace car driver, I would have been freaking pissed. Yeah, I'd be like, dude, what's up? <laughs> God bless. You have any other fails? That's all I got, man. That's it. Guys, yeah, it's been a fun one. Appreciate you hopping in. Real quick, last question, Vols for Life. Said, what about the running back room? Who's the number one guy? Jabari Small. Got to be, right? Yeah, I think Jalen Hyatt and Tyon Evans probably get, you know, some some carries. Um, you know, I I think you have to have two or three guys that can touch the football. But uh, those would be my three probably going into the season. Hold on. Sorry. You said Jabari Small. Jalen Wright, not Jalen Wright. I was like, oh, no, you're good. I was trying to figure out. I was like, who Jalen? I knew you didn't mean Jalen Hyde. I was like, yeah, my bad. So it took me a minute to figure that one out. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I could see D Beckwith maybe in there, but I just think he's set up better at another position. I would agree with that. I'd like uh, to see him put, I, I would like to see them put more weight on him and move him to tight end personally. Yeah. I agree. But you have three, I don't, yeah. Difficult thing. You have three. Fre- true freshmen that are that's true. You know, pretty pretty good pickups at tight end. Yeah, so, that's true. Um, maybe slim him down and put him in a receiver. I think he's. I mean, he's only two twenty right now. I think he's fine. Yeah, he could play. I mean, yeah, he could definitely. It wouldn't kill him to lose some, but yeah, no. Yeah, may- maybe he gets some carries, but I-, I just, I just think he's probably better suited. I think he's. Kind of at a weird spot where you know he's probably good at a bunch of different positions, but is he great at any of those? I don't know. Yeah, and then he's got to fit into the right, you know, the right spot too. So right. And like, if I just think that's the one position where Tennessee is kind of set at is running back. So yeah, somebody's going to get left out. Is it? Is it Jalen Rod? Is it Tyon Evans? Is it D Beck with? Um, T. Hodge is another guy that they really like, but he's – and unfortunately, he's probably not going to see much playing time unless he just shows out in fall camp of what we've seen right. so far. Uh, I just don't see him getting a ton of carries. Yeah, no, I agreed. Agreed. I uh, I have a lot of faith in Jamari Small, too. I'll say that. So Yeah, he's number one for sure. So yep. Love it. Guys, again, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm with you there, uh, Graham. I'll be watching the TBT tournament too. I'm excited for that. Volunteers coming on next week. More more sports. Real quick, who do you have winning, uh, winning the finals now that Bucks are up 3-2? Oh, man. I mean, you got to go with the Bucks. You think you think they finish it off? I just think the way Chris Ball's playing, I don't, I don't think the Suns can win it without him picking it up, and he's just been terrible. Interesting. I, I'm in the boat of like I don't know if the Bucks can close it out. I don't know if Giannis can, dude. Like, can finish it off, dude. He went four for eleven from the free throw line. I'll I'll never no, be able to. It's not winning basketball, that's for sure. I mean, and he's basically a guard. It, like, it'd be different if he was Shaq or <laughs> Dwight Howard. And I know he's as tall as those guys, but when you can dribble the ball like that, you should have some sort of control when you shoot the basketball. 
and he has none. He's shooting a layup or a floater, and that's all he can do. Yeah, that's that's about it. You're right. And our dunk. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy that he's able to be like put up as many points as he can. Because, dude, I mean, he'd have 50 points a game if he could actually shoot. Yeah, he would change his game. I mean, golly, how good would he, how good would he be if he ever finds one? I don't know. It's crazy. He's already really freaking good now. So, yeah. Guys, it's been great. We'll see you back here on Thursday this week. Yep. We'll be here Thursday at 8, 8 p.m. still. 8 p.m., yep. 8 p.m. on Thursday night. So, we'll see you yep. then. That's going to um, be our new slot for now is Thursday at 8. Um, so yeah, just tune in with that. We'll get it out. That, that way, we can have y'all something to listen to on Friday on the way to work if you don't get to, to make it on Thursday night. That's all we got. We're bringing the boat in, and we out.